welcome to the Learn to Lead podcast brought to you by Ability, an experiential learning company based in beautiful Austin, Texas. I'm your host, Matthew Confer, and today on the show, we have Erin Deal, who is the founder, CEO of Improve It. She is a veteran improviser from some of the top improv training programs, including Second City. She is a proud member of the Chicago Innovation Awards Women's Cohort and a graduate of Goldman Sachs's 10,000 Small Business Program. She is actually, though, most proud of the fact that she has successfully coerced over 26,000 professionals to chicken dance. So with that, I will say thank you so much for joining us today, Erin. Oh, Matt, thank you for having me. I'm truly honored to be here and to talk all things, chicken dancing, leading, learning, all the things. Perfect. Well, I'm going to start us off not on the chicken dancing front, but I promise we will get there. So I'm going to start by diving into the value proposition for your organization. You say frequently it's about pushing others to laugh, learn, and grow. So I want to start here. Why is laughter so important? Oh my gosh, Matt. Okay. So let me just say a few words to you right now. Puppies. Did you giggle? You giggled. You just giggled. I heard a giggle. So right there, I just said a word that made you smile. And what happens when you smile is you release endorphins into your body that it naturally, it's almost like exercise, right? Like when you exercise, endorphins are released, you feel more relaxed, your body feels better. That's what laughter does. And so how we teach corporate professionals to learn is by giving them those endorphins, dropping those shields or those masks, those hypothetical masks that people wear to work, not those masks that keep us safe during COVID, but those shields that we wear that prevent us from showing up to work authentically. And when we do drop those shields, that's when we start to really play and we start to be present and in the moment. And when that happens, that's when the real learning and growth occurs And that's when we become our best selves personally and professionally. So laughter is my trick. And it sounds mean, but we trick people into learning through laughter and play. So the other thing that you talk about so frequently is about the power of learning from failure. And so I am on board with the laughter. I love it. I giggled on the puppy comment and I'm, I'm all in on that. I'm really also interested and a firm believer in, in learning from failure. And I hate to almost put you on the spot so early in this conversation, Do but, it. But, but why is failure so important as well? And then do you have a failure from your professional past that really shaped the leader that you are today? I mean... Great questions. So I'll start with the first. So there is a rule. And what I do at Improve It is we teach, as you know, soft skill training through improvisational comedy, right? And so there's so many rules and so many forms. And there's actually, if you watch a really good improv show, there's a lot that goes into making that show look easy. I'm going to tell you a fun fact, Matt. I just posted something on LinkedIn today that was actually completely improvised. It was a video. Somebody just commented staged, but really funny. And I responded back to that person. Thank you so much. It's actually completely improvised. So that's a huge compliment. So 
there's a lot of practice and rehearsing and forms and rules that go into making improv look seamless and easy. And one of those rules is there are no mistakes, only gifts. So if you and I are, let's just say in a scene on an improv mat, okay, picture this with me, you're here with me and you lose your train of thought and you say crap. And I'm like, crap, craps. Matt, that's my favorite game to play in Vegas. So then we start talking about our next trip to Vegas. And maybe you see us on stage starting to plan that and getting in the car and going to Vegas because we can drive to Vegas from Austin, Texas. I, I don't know if you can really do that. Anyway, going on a tangent here, but the whole purpose is when something happens, it's not a mistake. It's actually a part of the scene. And the same applies in business, when mistakes happen, when we allow our team to live in this place of, you know what, I made a mistake, but the mistake meant that I was trying, you know, I failed at something today, but that means that I've actually gotten out of bed, gone to work and put my best foot forward. That allows people to grow when we stifle our teams with perfectionism and allow them to sit in this place of I can't make a mistake or I'll get fired. That's again, where that growth is stifled and where their personal, their professional growth is stifled. The ideas, the innovation from the, the team and the organization is stifled. So when we allow these mistakes to be a part of the scene, we are the scene of our company, if you will, or our organization. We are actually empowering our teams to show up, to innovate, and to thrive. So that, I hope, answers the first part of your question. Um, and that we're not on video, but if you saw me, I actually have a sign to the right of me that says, fail, yeah. So it's kind of like a play on words, right? But um, it's a big mantra for me in my life to remind myself that failure is a part of the process and without failing, we can't grow. So second part of the question, what is a fail that I have had that's been a part of my career? I mean, I have so many, I have so many. Um, I can tell you this, we were a completely in-person business prior to March of 2020. This is a huge fail. Everything we did was live, in-person, we have an e-learning course that's built in conjunction with our workshop offerings, but that served as a follow-up to the workshop, not a standalone. So a huge fail that I kicked myself for last year was that everything we did was in person. We couldn't live in a world where there was no in-person events. So we failed on fail. I'm talking about pivot 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0 to get our virtual workshops and our virtual offerings, right? And we finally hit, let's say on pivot 6.0 and created virtual workshop offerings and an offering called Laugh Breaks, which are essentially uh, we crash your Zoom meetings with short form improv and break up boring meeting monotony. Uh, so that's been, it's been a really, really great journey to, to use laugh breaks and create these virtual offerings that will serve us down the road. But I, I kicked myself as a leader in 2020 because I couldn't, I couldn't provide work to my, my team who are improv professionals who rely on this for income and our contractors. And then I had an internal team of people that were depending on me for health insurance and their mortgage and we had nothing to provide our clients. So um, that was a huge learning opportunity for me. And 
looking at it now, there were no mistakes, only gifts. It's serving us in this work from home hybrid world even more. You founded your firm. And I would say one of the questions we get most frequently from listeners talks about risk-taking and specifically the risk of venturing out on your own. I've talked to a lot of founders and I'm always fascinated by the answer to this question, but how did you approach the risk of starting your own business? What did that process look like for you? Yeah, I love that question. And I have a mantra with that too. I got all these mantras, Matt, Uh, but it's no risk, no champagne. And if you're not a drinker, no risk, whatever that champagne means to you. Um, I will say it was a journey. I knew I wanted to start this business in 2011. I was working full-time at a recruiting firm doing business development from 2011 till 2015. And I slowly ripped the Band-Aid off. I started, I pitched this idea actually to my boss. I was going to try to help it to create workshops as a part of our firm and have it be a part of the company I was working for. She loved the idea. We took it to the CEO. He said, I don't see how this matches in recruiting. He was right. So I started to just tell our clients about Improve It. And so I actually... One of our um, clients at my recruiting firm was United Airlines, and I had a great relationship with them. And I said, can I pilot, pun intended, a program to your team? And they said, yes. And so I just started doing workshops for free. They eventually said, these are great. Let's give you feedback, but then we want to hire you. And so they started hiring me for things. And I knew then and there that I had something. And so it was a slow build. It was not glamorous. I like to make sure all people who want to become an entrepreneur realize it is not this glam Instagram influency life. It was nights, weekends. I worked 45 hours a week at a full-time job and the evenings I would do comedy and, and perfect that craft. And on the weekends, I would sit and build, improve it, the website, the offerings, So it was uh, probably a two and a half year process to leave my full-time job. And it was a lot of time, commitment, and energy to do it. Was there something during that process where with the benefit of hindsight, you would tell your younger self, man, you shouldn't have spent that much time worrying about that. And then the second part of the question is if you had the benefit of hindsight and you could tell your younger self, man, you really should have started working or spent more time working on that, what would those two things be? Yeah, I think the first answer is I cared a lot what the improv community was going to think of me. Chicago is where Improve It started. It's the mecca of improv comedy. And I'm not trying to like, you know, doubt, say bad things about myself, but I don't consider myself an amazing improviser. I'm good but I was definitely not getting flown out to SNL to meet Lauren Michaels. So there was this concern of what are the people who are really great and improv going to think of me? And I wish in hindsight, I just didn't care. And eventually I stopped caring. And now those people who I thought were the most amazing people actually are a part of the Improve It team which is so cool. And, you know, they, they hang out with me and I have their back to help them grow and they have my back to help us grow. So that really worked out, but it was a limiting belief in myself and 
just who I was in the improv community. And then the second piece to your question. So the second question was looking back, is there anything in hindsight I would have done differently? That was the question. More, what would you have spent more time on? So if you spent too much time worrying um, to the answer to your first question, what with the benefit of hindsight would you say, I wish I would have spent more time earlier on in the process doing this? Yeah. That's a really great question. I, to be honest, Matt, I when you first said it, I couldn't even think of an answer because I think the way that it all unfolded for me naturally was the way it was supposed to be. And I think um, I spent, you know, I was very strategic in my time management because I had to be. And I would work my 45 hours a week at the recruiting firm. I would leave work. I would go to improv classes. And I trained at every school of thought in Chicago because I wanted to know all the schools of thought. And I needed to know them in order to be a great leader for the improvisers we have and also to communicate that to our clients. So, and then the weekends, I spent my time on the business side. I was building the website. I was forming an LLC. I was putting together our offerings. So I really, I'm not trying to toot my horn there, but toot, toot, man, I don't have a regret. I think I really strategically mapped out my time. I still had time. I had just gotten married, by the way, when all this happened. So I have a very supportive husband. I felt like I still was able to spend time with him. Um, but I do think if I'm, if I'm, if I'm trying to give advice to somebody listening, I think it's just really making sure that you strategize and you map out a timeline for yourself because it can be super overwhelming. And it, it, there were times I would cry. Like I would just break down and cry because I was so tired. I was working like a dog, but I knew if I could just make it through these, these moments, that season of my life, that the life I wanted was on the other side of that. So maybe it's telling myself in those moments of weakness, keep going, the end is in sight and, and telling myself in those moments, but really if anyone listening wants to start a business, you have to be strategic in your time management because that's the only way it will get done. Time is your biggest asset. So I'm sure everybody is waiting on the edge of their seats. I mentioned at the beginning <laughs> your, your fascination with chicken dancing and getting professionals to chicken dance. So please Explain that a bit and beyond being proud of that amazing fact, what else are you the most proud of professionally? Yeah, that's okay. So thank you, everybody. Just please sit back, relax, enjoy this ride. I know you've been tense waiting to hear this as well. Um, so the chicken dance started when I was building Improve It. I wanted something that would capture our participants' attention and keep their attention. So I had this random hat that I bought on a trip up north in Michigan. And it was a hat. It was a chicken with legs. And I said, okay, I'm going to bring this to the workshop. Every time we say the word improv, we're going to pass the chicken. Whoever ends up with the chicken hat at the end will be the improv chicken champion. Well, one of the rules of improv is yes and. So one of my improvisers said, not only should we pass it, but we should do the chicken dance every time. So, you know, it kind of makes everybody pay attention. So we tried it, it worked, it stuck. So every time you hear the word improv in one of our workshops, we now have upgraded our chicken hats. Post COVID, it became 
a chicken dance. So the chicken theme is still alive, but we don't have a hat that we continuously pass because, you know, germs. So it's been a really interesting thing to see the evolution of this chicken, but it really stands for a couple of things. Number one, improv, just like your job, it requires you to focus on multiple things at once. So as we're saying this word, you're paying attention, you're having to react in that moment simultaneously. And then it's also a reminder to our participants to play, learn, and have fun, put their fears away and don't be a chicken because we're here to support you. We're here to guide you gently outside of your comfort zone. So you can have a great time and learn a lot of things in the process. Um, so that's, I mean, it's been, it's been a really interesting journey. And I think the most proud thing that I have done in my career, besides the 26,000 people doing the chicken dance mat. Well, I will say this, we got to work with so many amazing clients. And one of which, regardless of political views was the Obama foundation. And this was a really, really cool opportunity for us. We were a part of the first ever training day for this foundation. And we were able to help 250 citizens to create positive change in their communities. And through that, we got to meet a former president Barack Obama and shake his hand and tell him about our organization. So through that as well, one of my full-time employees was one of those citizens participating and she actually got to pitch her idea to him herself. And it was one of the coolest things to witness. This was in 2017. Um, and her name is Jenna. And I was like one of those, it was like Amy Poehler and Mean Girls, like, um, you know, with the video camera crying, like, oh my God, she's growing up before my very eyes. Um, but it really was a life-changing moment for her and to, to witness her growth since that moment, because she was on the news, she got a ton of press. And just watching her evolve as a young professional has been one of the greatest things in my career. And it all stemmed from that day with the Obama Foundation. Well, helping the community, watching young leaders grow is a wonderful spot to close this out. I can confidently say this is the first transition to the rapid fire questions that include chicken dancing and chicken hats. So I feel very good about that. But with that, I will ask you our final two rapid fire questions that I get to ask everybody. And the first one is, if you could describe your leadership style in just one word, what would that word be? Empathy. And the final rapid fire question is this, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received? I will say is just keep going. And that, that stems from that root and failure. It stems from um, having moments where you may feel silly in public, like you're wearing a chicken hat or doing a chicken dance, but it really is about seeing the end in mind and moving forward one small step every single day. So just keep going. Just keep going is a great spot to close us out. Thank you so much for joining us today, Erin. Where can our listeners find out more about you? Yes, you can go to our website, which is learn to improve it.com. That's learn to. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Aaron Deal, the only Aaron Deal at Improve It, or my personal Instagram is at Keepin It Real Deal. That's Keepin I N Real D I E H L. 
Well, thank you for all of the great insight and thank you to all of our wonderful listeners for joining us. If you enjoyed today's show, we would love a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. And we truly appreciate it when you share our show with your network. You can find me on social media at Matthew Confer, and you can find our organization at ability.com. Be sure to subscribe so that you get our next episode. And I want to thank all of you for joining us on the Learn to Lead podcast. This podcast is produced by Ability, a leading provider of award-winning leadership development. You can find us at www.ability.com or by searching for Ability Leadership Development. Make sure to also check out our 12-week fully virtual mini-MBA, the Invited MBA, a nights and weekends program that features experiential learning, mentorship, case studies, and networking. Find more information at www.invitedmba.com. Finally, be sure to subscribe to our podcast so that you get our next episode. We want to thank you all for joining us on the Learn to Lead podcast podcast.